Hello and welcome to the Relationship Anxiety Podcast. I'm your host, Mikkel, and today we're talking about friendship and connection with Jewel Hellman. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the podcast today. I have such a fun episode in store for y'all today. I have my friend and fellow coach, Jewel Holman, who's coming on the show today to talk about friendships, connection, and how working on those things, those relationships outside of just our partner can actually help improve our relationship quality and connection to our partner. We also even kind of explore some of the similarities we might experience between relationship anxiety and friendship and creating non-romantic relationships. So tune in. It's going to be a good one. Um, And without further ado, enjoy the show. Hey, Jewel. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. (laughs) So happy to be here. How you doing? I'm so good. I'm so good. Um, all right. We're so, so excited to have you on this call. I, I have been like really, really looking forward to this a lot. (laughs) So would you mind telling everyone, um, a little bit about you and, um, and a little bit about your work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, me too, by the way. So, uh, it's just fun. I've talked to Mikkel like a long time ago. It's so fun to like talk to you now, (laughs) uh, reconnect, but yeah. So, um, what I do is I am a friendship and connection coach. So I help people make quality friendships. Most people know how to meet people. They don't know how to actually like make friends and feel secure uh, making friends and socializing. So that is what I do. Yeah. I love, I love that this is what you focus on. Cause I think um, sometimes we feel like friendships should just be like very easy. Right. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we, just like in romantic relationships, we, we just assume like friendships, if you're, if it's the right friend, right. Or right partner, it should just come very naturally and very easy. And mm-hmm. I love that you focus on like actually really helping people create friendship. Cause it's, it isn't as easy as we like assume it should be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, no, we, we absolutely do that where we expect ourselves to, just know what to do and then we think when we're lonely or we when we see other people have these really deep and like close relationships or close friendships um we're like oh my gosh where did i go wrong like what's missing is something off about me no we definitely do that um i always say friendship has a formula and you gotta apply that formula but most of the time what gets in the way of applying that formula is like our insecurities or our anxieties is pretty much just our mind. <laughs> yes. Yep. So why do you feel like, like, what, why is it so important like to build friendships? Yeah. So friendship overall um, is one of those things in our lives where like almost all of the experiences that we have or that we go through, whether they're negative or positive, I like to say are just like so greatly enhanced by the connection that we have with the people in it, whether that's like cleaning toilets or hiking up a mountain, right? Like your experience is just so charged by the fun or the connection or the support that you feel. Um, so really just your life satisfaction, your fulfillment, but also friendship is really important 
um, for like energy and avoiding burnout. It's really important for romantic relationships and benefiting those. Um, and there's been a lot of research coming out about how friendship ties to your health. Um, no way. And yeah, yeah, and the impacts of that. So like if somebody feels lonely, you know, like frequently, and they said frequently, it was like, like three times a week, um, that they're more likely to um, get heart disease, um, to not recover from things as quickly, um, their lifespan is shorter, so yeah we are we are communal uh community creatures so it's super important yeah that's crazy okay so a little bit of a tangent but when you're saying that with people getting lonely and like how that affects health it's like i think a lot of times we put a lot of weight on like romantic relationship as the cure-all be-all for feeling loneliness yeah um and so I was curious to kind of speak on that a little bit and also how you see like, um, even when we have really good friendships, is loneliness still a feeling that comes up? Yeah, yeah. So um, the first like part of like uh, trying to find romantic relationships, I think it's because a lot of people right now, they're like, oh, I know how to like make friends, which really they know how to meet people, right? Yeah. Um, and I have friends, but they don't have like the depth that they want. So I think yeah. it's easy to go to romantic relationships to try to get that depth. But um, we've talked about, well, in one of your questions um, and something that I've talked about uh, on my social media and stuff is that there's a huge emphasis from the media on romantic relationships. Yeah. Um, so people think that in order to kind of like solve their loneliness, solve that craving for a deeper connection, they got to go to romantic relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think like sometimes too, I think we can almost feel unsatisfied in romantic relationships because we put so much weight on it, right? Exactly. If it needs to solve, like, cause we are, we need this network, right. As humans to thrive, but instead we're like, okay all on this one person, I yeah. need them to compensate for this whole friend group. Cause I'm not willing, I don't want to risk putting myself out there with all these other people. So I found this one person I'm comfortable with and right. I want them to fill that whole void for me. Yeah. Yeah. And in my opinion, I don't think it's possible for them to fill the whole void. Yeah. Right. So it just adds to a lot of pressure and unrealistic expectations and yeah, I could go yeah. on and on about it. <laughs> Well, I think that's actually, I, I realized something for me, like, I think when my anxiety and my relationship started shifting was even like just making sure I did have other connections and friendships regularly, like that made such a huge difference in my connection and my relationship because of those other friendships. Yeah. Yeah. So will you speak to the media thing of kind of like how, how media devalues friendship overemphasizes romantic relationships? Yeah, well, especially, especially, especially for women, right? Yeah. And it's not easy to see. I'm sure as I say that, all the girls are like, mm-hmm, <laughs> because <laughs> it's like a double standard. Yeah, it absolutely is, right? For men, it's like the to be the hero, and for women, it's like <laughs> to get the guy. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's so much emphasis on women being desirable. There's even like this. Um, so. I've been watching uh, Vampire Diaries recently, and I think oh, this is yeah, a great example. I just watched that. 
<laughs> I've been watching. I know it's like 10 years later, but whatever. I like it. Um, and the one thing that they do that really just like grinds my gears, but is also so fascinating is that they make the main character, Elena, almost like the superior girl by the way they talk about her. Um, like she's just super desirable, like this worthy girl. Um, and they even pin against Elena with like a bunch of other um, women in the series. So like like they pin her, if you are familiar with the show, they pin her against Rebecca, they pin her against Catherine. Um, and that's something that's really heavily portrayed as well. Um, even like Mean Girls is a great example, although I love that movie. Um, it does feed into the notion that like female friends are just toxic. Um, to have so uh if that's the message we're getting and we're getting this like huge message on oh we need to have a romantic relationship that's the most important thing it makes a lot of sense and why we spend so much time worrying um and feeling anxious about and pressuring ourselves with our romantic relationships and not really our friendships yeah yeah that's so interesting and i think uh, even thinking specifically your vampire diaries example like how you're saying she is kind of put up on a pedestal, like and she's a main character, right? So obviously a lot of focus is on her. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the way they do that is by all these, well, specifically two boys that are interested yeah. in her, but even other boys that are interested in her fighting for her. And then, yeah, again, pinning the girls against each other. Mm -hmm. So could you even speak to that? Because I remember you said something about that along the lines of how sometimes having girls having conflict helps tune the, the focus more on the romantic connection. Yeah. Mean Girls is also a great example. Like the almost like main, I don't want to say main plot because it's not really a main plot, but one of like the huge little storylines yeah. is um, uh, Lindsay Lohan's character ending up with the Aaron character, right? And what's in the way of that, quote unquote, in the way or what like makes that interesting is like the battle with like Regina George. Yeah. So it's like taking these two women and putting them against each other um, for the love of one guy. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, and that happens all over the place. And, um, you know, I think it again it just makes a lot of sense on why we think the way we do because of course if you see that you think feeling safe means i have to be in a romantic relationship mm -hmm. of course you don't tie like safety and like connection um to a friendship even the movies that have great female friends um in it there's still it's like a side thing it's not the main thing yeah yeah no, that's so true. So, so even like, how do you think, cause the, I mean, this is something, you know, media that we're consuming, but how do you think that kind of plays into like, you know, as you work with your clients, how like seeing those kind of characters, I guess, and plot lines, like, how does, do you think that impacts like the way we look at ourselves or the way we look at each other? Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, um, that I was always trying to figure out like what made people worthy or like desirable and like trying to be that. So I know for me, it was such a like subconscious level, low hum thing hanging around in the background where I would be with my friends and I'd be wondering, <laughs> and it sounds bad, but it's the truth, like where I stood in that hierarchy of us. 
which is a natural human thing to do anyway but i feel like it's something that was really emphasized for me um in the past and it's something that i think really disconnected me from my girlfriends as well so yeah yeah yeah. like i just didn't feel as close to them again as like safe as comfortable um yeah we talked about a huge emphasis on romantic relationships but um yeah i think too just like how with romantic relationships we think one person is like the right person we got to find the right person Mm -hmm. i think that message is I coach that on that a lot with my clients on like, oh, maybe these people just aren't the right people. Mm-hmm. Like maybe like these friends are, aren't just like my Meredith Gray and uh, Christina Yang match. Like we just got to find somebody else, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, why do you think we kind of get into that with friendships of thinking like I need to find the right friends? Yeah. Well, just like with romantic relationships, right? We think it'll feel right mm-hmm. all the time and almost like like I, I believe you said um it's like we want to really avoid the negative emotions so if we find the right person then we won't ever feel bad right it's the happily ever after um and i think it's the same with friends too mm-hmm. is that any time where we feel slightly judged or embarrassed or disappointed um then we're like oh these aren't the right people yes it's like i almost kind of like a skate hatch out of that I feel like yeah I it's just so interesting because I see this with relationships sometimes there's a moment of feeling like a little bit rejected by your partner mm-hmm. is then like our brains just automatically flipping to like oh well he's not right anyways and like this probably yeah. isn't gonna work yeah exactly and I think it's so easy for women to do that because we don't really put a value on our friendships like the whole um toxic friend thing most a lot of times and uh, there was an expectation like oh she didn't go crazy for my birthday or something and then it's like oh I I just uh care more like I'm just a better friend they're a bad friend so I'm gonna cut them off like it's so much more fickle I think because of the lack of emphasis we have on it yeah it's almost just like as I hear you describing that just like how black and white it is Mm -hmm. right I have this amazing friend that's gonna do all the things for my birthday and be like perfect or like nope they're out of my life and like Mm -hmm. yep right yeah exactly and then there's no little ground for like room for like them not doing it perfectly them being human too and even like communicating and like telling them what is important in the relationship as well right and asking for what you want yeah yeah I am so glad you said that because I think that's like one of the highest forms of like intimacy, like like friend intimacy or intimacy. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't come up with the term. A researcher that does friendship research did, but I love it. Um, but one of the highest levels of that intimacy is when we can talk about the relationship. And a lot of people don't get there with their friends. I have coached like so few people on that topic of like how to talk to their friends, like with them bringing it up, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. And I think almost not that I want to say like friendships are a training ground for relationships, but like, I think the skills we practice in both apply to both, 
Right. And I just think how, like, for me, like having friendships, I totally, what you just said, like 100%, like growing up, I didn't, I didn't talk about the friendship or the relationship. It was just, we're in it and we're having fun. And then if something's not going well, we're going to brush it under the rug or we're not going to hang out as much. And Mm -hmm. what a disservice that probably did for me, like going into romantic relationships where now it's like, okay, you're really committed to this person. So now your options are like, we're going to leave or we're going to get bitter and just like not talk about it. Right. Mm, Or you just never have a deep relationship to begin with, which I think a lot of times was how I approached friendships. I'm just got a lot of friends that I'm like kind of close with. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Like where people have more shallow relationships. Oh my gosh. A lot. Most of the time people are lonely, not because they don't know enough people, not because they don't have enough, like quote unquote, friends but because they don't have the depth the quality of friendships that they want right and we don't we don't know how to get deeper with that right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like almost what do you think prevents us from not like getting deeper yeah i think you i think you described a really good pattern uh or not really good but like you described it very well the pattern of um oh there's something happening maybe they're not right um you know like maybe like i'm feeling a little bit rejected well i'm gonna maybe nitpick them or like find the things that are wrong with them i don't know like that pattern i think is very um common in friendships too mm-hmm. um but yeah the reason why we don't get deeper truly because like I said at the beginning of the podcast, like friendship can actually be really easy. Like if it's just a formula, it can be super simple, but what gets in the way of doing those things is fear of like rejection, is insecurity, um, is wanting to avoid the discomfort um, and expecting to feel good <laughs> all of the time. Yes, yes. Um, could you actually speak to that with like the fear of rejection? like? um like how it kind of tends to show up for us as well as like even like what what are tips you give to your clients when they're like um because again I think it could kind of help um our listeners as far as like with relationships fear of rejection as well as with friendships yeah yeah so um with fear of rejection I'm so glad you said this too because I also get people that just want to feel more comfortable you know, and so this will really like speak to that person as well, who just want to feel more comfortable being social. Um, uh, what I say, like with fear of rejection is, um, one, you really have to be understanding with yourself. It's not that you're the feeling of rejection or the fear of it is like valid, but it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Right. So I'm going to say it's not valid is because it's not true. Like it might not be true that you're being rejected or the way that you're feeling doesn't mean that that's the truth. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean it's wrong for you to feel that way. So uh, one thing I think that's super helpful for my clients to know is that your brain lights up the same way with rejection as it does with physical pain. Oh, wow. We fear rejection so much because it's so painful for us to experience. And it makes a lot of sense because if we were rejected from the tribe, we were probably going to die. You know, so um, it makes a lot of sense on why we really, really deeply fear that. But 
with working with rejection, I think really being um, understanding of what's going on, like this is my brain reacting this way, processing the emotion of it, you know, being really there for yourself. But also, if you're making like, I'll, I'm actually going to use an example for this. So one time I was talking to a friend and then another friend came in the room, like we were at an event somewhere. And that person that I was talking to turned to the person that came in the room. Mm. And I felt a little rejected. And I remember being like, you know, cause I'm a coach, I think about these things. So I was like curious yeah. about it, but I remember I felt a little rejected because I thought that person wasn't really interested in what we were talking about. Right. Mm. So if I can know that, um, that that's what my brain is thinking, that's what's going on for me, it makes a lot of sense on why I'm feeling rejected. Yeah. And they could have been just excited to see the other person, but I made it about me. So in our brains, we're walking around all of the time, like making certain things mean something about us. Like it's yeah. all about us in our heads. Yeah. So it's all about them in their heads too. Just like that interaction, I didn't even like, my first reaction was not to consider that that person hasn't seen the other person that walked in in a while, that they were just excited to see them. Um, Instead, I made it about me. It had nothing to do with me. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Yeah, so I think um, that would be my biggest thing is to really, uh, once you've been there for yourself, emotionally and like really worked on processing the emotion is to also look at how is this about them how is this their thoughts or something going on with them because another example that i just coached somebody on was um her friend uh she felt like her friend didn't reach out to her a lot Mm -hmm. and this friend once this client like brought it up and um felt differently about the reaching out. Uh, she realized that her friend is super overwhelmed at work, um, but felt like she was being such a good friend because every time they did talk, she was like, you know, asking about the other person. She's like, I thought I was caring in my own way. <laughs> and most of the time people, that's what we are doing. Um, like my friend's son the other day, my friend was, uh, upset and he went and brought her his favorite toy it's like the same thing we expect people to show us that um we care in the same way that like like we expect people to comfort us or to show us that they care about us or to celebrate us in the way that we would them yeah yeah so that's like the huge like a biggest thing about rejection is um like what's going on with them what have you not considered with them Yes. That's so good. I think that's really true. Yeah. Cause when, when it's rejection is yeah, we're making it all about us. Right. Yeah. What's what the, we're, we're not worthy ultimately is kind of like what it boils down to underneath. Right. Right. Versus realizing like, Hey, this is about whatever's going on for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Us up so much. Mm-hmm. And I, I think too, is like, and now you can kind of speak to this too, some it's like, I know with, I think fear of rejection often leaves us kind of playing smaller with friendships or even like in our relationship because we're afraid of getting hurt. Yeah. Oh, for sure. 
a lot of friendships don't even begin because we fear rejection. Yeah. <laughs> they don't go anywhere. Like you meet somebody at a party and you really like them, but you're afraid of rejection. So you never reach out, never goes anywhere, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was curious, like, this is like kind of on a side note, but one of the things you said earlier that I thought was so fascinating is you said like how before doing all this work, you would be with friends and very like in your head of like kind of creating this hierarchy of like, where do I sit in this friend group and kind of how that is human nature. Um, but I was curious, like how, what would you recommend as far as overcoming that? Cause I think sometimes I see with my clients, right. Kind of trying to rank of like, how does their relationship compare to other relationships? Is it better? Is it worse? Is my partner better or worse than like these other guys? And I think we can do that kind of with friends too, right? Of like, oh, this person's way too cool for me to hang out with or like, oh, um, I'm, I'm cooler than this person. And so, or they're weird. So I'm not going to hang out with them. Right. Mm -hmm. um, where we're constantly kind of playing that status game in our head almost. Mm -hmm. Um, where have you kind of, is that something you've seen playing with your clients and like, how do you help them work through that? Oh, absolutely. Um, it primarily comes from a level of like insecurity that they have, mm. even when it sounds like ego and it's like, oh, I'm better than this person. It's still coming from insecurity. It's like trying to prove somehow that you're better than them or trying to hold yourself up that way, like feeling like you're quote unquote better than somebody never actually feels good. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, on surface yeah. level, you wouldn't look at it as insecurity though, right? It sounds maybe even like confident, obviously not really, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and from that place of insecurity, of course, you're going to try to find out um, where you stand to see if it's almost like you're trying to search for the problem to like fix it, like to make sure you're safe. Almost. Mm -hmm. If I know where I am, then I can make sure I'm safe in this friend group or, um, yeah, in this even like social situation. So if I don't feel safe, maybe I'll back out. Maybe I'll avoid these people. Maybe I think, maybe I'll think they're not the right friends for me and like vice versa. Yeah. So it's really like what you talked about earlier, which is creating that sense of safety mm -hmm. that kind of help eliminate that. Yeah. Uh, I could totally see that. And I even can think of a friend that I have where initially like meeting her, like was like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. <laughs> she's not ever going to want to hang out with me. Like I just automatically like in my brain, put her in this bucket above me. Mm -hmm. But then as we've like built this connection and I feel safe around her, like I like don't even see her in that light at all. And yeah. I think, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. It's like that safety is there now. And so like that kind of whole status thing sort of melts away almost. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It also can sound like, um, or like look like uh, managing your image or um, really analyzing yourself in your head. It's like very similar behaviors to that. Um, where you're constantly thinking like, oh, did I say that wrong? Or do they think I'm weird? Um, it's the same thing. It all stems from that. I love that we're talking about it in this way, though, because I think the status part of it uh, and feeling that way, feeling like you have an ego, you know, um, isn't really talked about. So, yeah. The, okay. So managing our image, like, tell, can you kind of explain what you mean by that? Because 
I feel like that's like exactly what my clients do with their partners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you really want to be seen a certain way. So you want to try to control, um, the information that they get or, um, yeah, just really try to control how they see you. So that way you can feel that way about yourself. Yeah. Like how Um, are we trying to feel when we do that? Yeah. Um, I hear a lot of people say like put together or like confident, right. Um, or like, like interesting, like we try to make or only project these things that show us this rather than anything, um, vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So it's almost like, okay, let me make myself this very put together like version of myself that that's all other people see. And then, Mm -hmm. and then I can feel confident and then I can feel secure when really like doing those things like tends to, if anything, create the opposite, right? Because we're just microanalyzing ourselves in our head. Yeah. Yeah. And, and microanalyzing how people react to you. Yes. Well, so it's like, oh, maybe I'm not put together because I didn't react this way, or maybe I'm not as fun um, because I didn't react this way to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Like it's like, we're constantly fluctuating based on like what other people's approval is or Mm -hmm. it's not right. Yeah. Versus I know this is what you work on with your clients, which is like, let's bring, let's figure out how to create confidence from the get go. Right. And then you know how to show up in friendships from that space, right? Versus let's yeah. make myself do it perfectly. And then I can feel confident. Yeah, no, exactly. I really work with them to um, take ownership of the things that they feel vulnerable about. What I mean by ownership is like when you feel like you own something, um, it feels less vulnerable to say, but it also like we feel closer to people when we know that they're imperfections. So by you only like projecting this image that you want people to see and managing your image, you're not feeling seen for who you are. And the other people aren't really seeing you either. They're not connecting with you and seeing how you're imperfect and bonding with you on that. Um, so, so it's going to create more superficial relationships, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. More super putting together this image, you're like not showing your flaws, and like other people aren't going to feel connected to you if you're just kind of putting on this facade. Mm -hmm. We're doing in the name of trying to create friends and get other people to like us, but really, it actually does the opposite. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yep. Okay, so I'm dying. This this was on our question list. I'm like dying to get your input on this. So one of the things actually just did a reel on this. And I feel like it resonated with a lot of people is like this desire to monitor our partners in social situations. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, I think specifically, like, how are, like, are they being funny enough? Did they say anything rude or awkward? Um, Are they social enough? Like a lot of my clients will have a lot of fears around um, if their partner is like, oh, I thought my partner would be more outgoing or more like naturally good at conversation with different people kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like a lot of expectations around how our partner engages socially. And I'd be so curious to get your thoughts on like why that happens and how that could play into like our own personal like connections and friendships. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, and you, you let me know what you think, but 
like the monitoring of your partner, right? Is like, okay, let me make sure I chose a good one, right? Where, where he's good, he's, he's social or he or she. Um, and like, we're, like, we're good, we're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of how I imagine it. And I think the same thing is true with friendships, because we do that with ourselves. I'm assuming the person does it with them as well, of like, oh, I need to make sure I don't say anything weird. I need to make sure that I'm good. And like, it's almost like we value the opinions of others because we distrust our own. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like instead of just trusting, like, I like, like, I love you, you talk about this, which is like saying the risky thing that you want to say, mm -hmm. because that's like authentic to what you want to say. <laughs> yeah. and not worrying about like how everyone else is going to take it. Cause some people might love that you said that and other people might not. No, I totally agree. I think it is that I could also see it being a projection too of our own, like insecurity socially of feeling like we're not as comfortable as we should be or like trying to manage our image with him of like oh if he's social yeah. enough then other people will look at me a certain that way. way absolutely absolutely I totally agree I think it can also be a habit <laughs> if yeah. you're used to monitoring yes. other people's reactions so yes. like if you're always monitoring yourself you just now have another person to be monitoring, yeah. monitoring about. yeah same thing but for the same reason right to make sure that um, your image is good. It's still about you. Yeah. Okay. So would you mind telling, I guess like two last things is like one, you kind of talked a few times about your connection formula, like kind of how to create connection. So like, if you don't mind kind of talking about that, what it is. Yeah. Um, and then like yeah. any just like last tips or things that you would leave with our audience. Right. Yeah. Um, so research says that every friendship, and it doesn't matter if this includes your friend that you've had since kindergarten, this includes the friend that you've made at work, everybody in between, every friendship has these three things. Um, so the first one is like feel good moments. So moments where you feel understood, appreciated, supported. It doesn't even have to mean that like the event was like super fun or the interaction was super fun and um, they really affirmed you, even those moments of, again, like understood, feeling seen, um, moments like that. And that's like the basis for all of it. As a friendship gets deeper, it needs two other things. And one of them is consistency. And it could be consistency in terms of like frequency. So like mm -hmm. the friend that you've made at work, you've probably gotten really close to them really quick because you're seeing them every day yeah 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 you're talking to them at work um like for me uh i live with two other girls and with both of them because i'm in this house with them every single day i feel like i've known them my entire life uh -huh. um but i've only known them for a few months you know, because of that, that frequency. So whenever you're making a new friend, you need a lot of frequency. Most of the time we try to go out for brunch, like once a month, that, that ain't going to cut it. Um, <laughs> there's not enough frequency in there. Yeah. Do you have a certain number you even like recommend to people? Yeah, I, I don't, I would say, cause it depends on, um, like if you're really trying to make a deeper friendship with a new friend, I would say checking in weekly, whatever that may look like. That could be calling them on your way home from work. That could be um, 
having them go grocery shopping with you, um, vice versa, you stopping by there. Like, it doesn't have to mean, I think we also put like rules around friendship where we have to go out for coffee or for dinner or for something, especially in female friendships. Like, be willing to break that a little bit um, to get that, that frequency. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true too. Because I think sometimes even like financially, that might be a bar- barrier for some people of like, oh, I'm not in a position to spend money on dinner like once a week. Right. Right now. Yeah. But it can like tailor to wherever you're at right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I work with a lot of people that <laughs> I like to joke they're, they're insecure, but they're really busy. <laughs> Normally uh-huh. they're using their busyness uh, to not feel that. But yes. yeah, so they're like, I'm too busy for friends. Yeah. And that frequency can be in there um, even with the busiest person. I like that. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the other component of consistency, and this is why, like, if you've had a friend since kindergarten and you only talk to her, like, every four months, you still feel really close to her. And the reason why is because so much time has already been invested. So much consistency has already been had so much frequency. Maybe you guys spent so many hours together at summer camp. Um, You know, like, so that connection still feels really comfortable. It feels really safe. Um, So that time invested that history. Um, So as you are deepening, you have more consistency and then there's vulnerability. And this is where I would say like consistency is very, can be very hard for people. Even feel good moments um, can be very hard for people Mm -hmm. to bring in. But um, vulnerability, especially because we really don't want to be seen as um, like, we don't want to share these certain parts of us. And even if we do share them, because it shows up in this way too, where people will try to overshare. Um, to try to get really close. Um, and it just actually doesn't feel good because they're still kind of like, ah, I don't know what this person is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but vulnerability is as you, um, deepen the relationship over time, you feeling seen and known and you learning and feeling seen and known by them as well. Mm. So, um, if you can imagine it, it's kind of like a triangle with uh, feel good moments on the bottom, consistency on one side, vulnerability on the other side. And as you go up the triangle, that would be where your highest people are. And this is the same for romantic relationships too. Like your partner might uh, will be normally at the top of your triangle. But yeah, as you have more consistency and have more vulnerability, um, you really deepen the friendship. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I wanted to speak on like real quick, how, how do you feel like as we work on these relationships, how do you think like, even just if you don't mind sharing personally or seeing with clients, like working on building friendships, how does that impact our romantic relationships? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a client recently talk to me about how, as she's gotten deeper with some some of her friends and has started creating friendships like at work um which is such a great example of that formula was always there for her Uh (laughs) but she wasn't using it um because of her mind right uh she's been at the same job forever but anyway um and this client was saying that with her romantic relationship she's not putting as much pressure on her husband Mm -hmm. to feel the things that she wants to feel so feeling seen so like 
talking about like emotional things uh, or things that are going on with her or doing the things that she wants to do like like you both want and share this activity um helps put a lot of like or takes off a lot of like stress and pressure from that relationship but also like you said because the skills are so similar that if you can be more of yourself and in your relationships and feel more connected in your in your friendships um then it's easier to do that with your partner as well and vice versa they really go together because it's just the way you um connect yes becomes yeah. less about the the finding the people finding the right people more about just i have this skill of being able to connect with different people yeah yeah absolutely i think um uniquely though that friendships impact romantic relationships um by releasing a lot of that emphasis on this one thing mm, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, even as you were talking about interest, sometimes um, one thing I'll see is people get really hung up on like, okay, I really like fishing. I don't know. I don't think I have any clients like fishing, but <laughs> it comes to mind. So I really, really like fishing and my partner does not like fishing. And so then like kind of getting hung up on that one thing of, oh my gosh, we don't share this interest. And so this means like our relationship is doomed, right? All that. Yeah. Um, Versus being able to recognize the beautiful thing about having a network of friendships is that like, you don't need your partner to like everything that you like, right? You can have, you can have a few shared interests, right? But you don't need him to be the one to like fishing because you can have a friend that likes fishing or dancing or whatever it is, right? Yeah, right. No, exactly. And too, if you're going through something and let's say like your husband um, or your partner is already you know, like drained for the day or whatever, you have somebody else to get that connection that you want in in that moment. Yeah. Versus just, okay, I I feel disappointed or lonely because they're not as emotionally available as I want in this moment is like, okay, I'm needing this. How do I get, I go get this for me and my friendships are another source that I can get this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, research says that like having in it, I include my partner on this, um, but having like five people at the very top of your triangle, people who you would consider confidants, like that you could tell things to or that you could call when like stuff hits the fan, um, that we really thrive with having those five people in our life. Like we feel more fulfilled, we feel less burnt out, our like cup is more filled, if yeah. you will. Yeah, we're healthier. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So I think even just uh, having that in mind of like to put a little bit of pressure off your romantic relationship is like, do you have those five connections that feel really deep and, or, or connections that I want to deepen even more, right? Yeah. Outside of just this one relationship. Mm-hmm. Yep. Any other like last minute, like tips or thoughts that you want to share? Yeah, so we talked about literally so much today, but I would say leaving here, like one thing I would want everybody to consider is, I mean, obviously you're here with Mikkel because (laughs) you also believe that like there's no such thing as the right person. Like it's not 
possible uh, on some level. Part of, um, part of them believes that. <laughs> right, part of them believes that. Yep. Um, and it's the same thing with your friends. So I would wanna say that you don't have to go out and find like a whole new network of people. I would encourage you to think about people that you just haven't connected with in a while, people that you like, but just aren't like close with. Bring people in closer. Don't try to reach out and expand it. A lot of times, like one of the biggest mistakes I see people make is they try to meet tons of people and then they're overwhelmed. It's just too much. And then there's all these surface level conversations. Yeah, totally how I've done it. <laughs> me too. Me too. Oh my gosh. The queen, the queen. Um, yeah. Find a few people. That's it. Find a few people you want to go deeper with. Um, and that would be like my biggest thing like to take away. Yeah. Love it. Okay. And then everyone has to follow you on social media because you post like the best tips, like again, for friendships or even like, I think so much you post a lot of good relationship stuff too. So will you tell everyone just kind of a little bit about where to find you, like connect with you on socials as well as just like, you know, if they're interested in like working with you to deepen their friendships. Yeah. So, um, uh, my website is jewelhoman.com. So J E W E L H O H M A N.com. Um, and it's at life coach jewel, which is the same spelling on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I even have a TikTok now that's been fun. Um, so I've been doing the video thing. I like uh, that. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, so that's, uh, at the brain connection coach. So you can find me in there too. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I could talk to you for ever and ever and ever. Yes. Yes. So this is amazing. Thank you for coming on. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in today, you guys. I hope you found today's episode helpful. And don't forget to go check out Jewel on social media and get some more connection tips there. And you guys have a beautiful week. We'll talk next week. Bye.